You're listening to the Manchester Vineyard Podcast. We'd love for you to join us. To discover more about who we are, where we meet, and how you can connect with us, head to manchestervineyard.org or follow the link in the podcast description. We're delighted that you're joining us this morning. If you missed last week, we'd really encourage you to catch up. Paul shared our vision talk, and it's a really important one for us as a church. So do catch up with that online if you haven't already done so. This week, we're going to have a much needed conversation. As I mentioned last week, the brutal suffocation and killing of George Floyd is not a standalone situation. There have been many other tragic events of this nature. But this occasion has brought deeply held frustrations, profound pain, and an awareness of the evil reality of racism to a head. We need to pay attention. We have a lot to learn. Paul's letter to the Corinthian church talks about the church being a body. Paul referred to it last week in the vision talk that when one part of the body is hurting, the rest of the body hurts. Racism in all of its forms is utterly evil and should have no place in society and should certainly have no place in the church. We want to grow in our understanding and make steps towards meaningful and lasting change. Over the last few years, Paul and I have sought to reach out to a number of people in the church and wider to learn and understand how best to be a people reflecting the body that we believe we're called to be. We've got to know Harvey and his wife Nancy and their children over the last year or so. They live in Liverpool and have been exploring church planting. They visited Manchester Vineyard a number of times, so some of you may have met them, and we're committed to supporting them and championing them as they pursue their calling. Harvey is a lecturer in African Christianity and Theology at Liverpool Hope University and has just published a book called Multicultural Kingdom, Ethnic Diversity, Mission and the Church. He's a brilliant man and we have already learned so much from him. We're delighted that Harvey is joining us this morning and we're going to have a conversation, well Paul and Harvey are going to have a conversation that we really hope will be helpful and transformative for us all. Harvey, great you could join us, an absolute honour and privilege. Uh, Could you just give us, tell us a bit about your background and your story? Sure, Uh, thanks for having me. I've been looking forward to having this chat with you. I come from Malawi, uh, somewhere in central eastern Africa. Um, But I have worked around Europe and North America for quite some time. I became aware of the vineyard back in the 90s, uh, back in Malawi. My dad is a pastor and he used to hang out with vineyard pastors. Uh, when I came to Germany in 2001, I, I couldn't find a church that really connected with me the way uh, I knew church in Africa and the vineyard was the next best place. Yeah. So I joined the vineyard uh, in um, a place called Bregenz in, in Austria, on the border between Austria and, and Germany. And came to the UK, lived in Nottingham for a while, went to Trent Vineyard. Yeah. And went to America for studies, um, lived in St. Paul, Minneapolis, Minnesota, um, where I planted and led a vineyard church um, for a few years before returning back to the UK. So I'm back in the UK now, I'm teaching at Liverpool Hope University. 
a lot of my work really revolves around issues of um, Christianity and mission in the West, which has to then deal with the question of cultural diversity in, in, our, yeah. in, our, in our ecclesiology, in the way we do churches. So that's a bit about me. Yeah, amazing. So could you just tell us a bit about your experience of being treated differently because of the colour of your skin growing up and, and now? Yeah, uh, I mean, it's, it's common to hear many Africans say you didn't, we didn't realise that we were black until we came to Europe or we came to America. And, and that's also the case for me, that colour, race, wasn't really an issue up until I found myself in Germany, um, then I started realizing, okay, I'm, I'm, I'm black here and I'm, I'm, I'm different. Uh, living in Nottingham was okay. I mean, there the is still systemic racism in the UK. But when I went to America, that's when it really hit me that being, being a black African was, was a big issue. And, and that was my experience both uh, in my academic work and in my church work, that mm -hmm. the, the greatest shocker, the, 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 the greatest culture shock that I have had in my 20 years of working in the West was really just realizing that the fact that I'm black really means to some people that I cannot belong, that I cannot mm -hmm. work with them, that I cannot identify with them. And of course, being an African immigrant in America, uh, my experience of that would be different from that of African-Americans. Yeah. And, and it bothered me quite a lot in my church circles that as an African immigrant, I was a bit more welcome than my African-American friends. Mm -hmm. So, yes, uh, it's, and, and, and I mean, those experiences stay with you. Uh, yeah. And they they taint the world for you probably forever. I I, I sent an email to my colleagues at the university um, this week, just saying, "This is what I experienced when I was in America: the 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 racism, the 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 many times that the police stopped me for nothing at all, yeah. uh, and that stays with you. So, yeah." yeah uh, it's, it's yeah so over over the last few weeks how how have you been affected by george floyd's death as i said i i lived in minneapolis st paul for almost seven years so um i i know that area um when I led the church, one of my, my, my key members lived on, on the same block as George Floyd. So it's a place that I visited quite a lot. I, I know the area. Um, and seeing, hearing what's happening in Minnesota at the moment really, on the one hand, brings back the pain yeah. of, uh, and, and, some hopelessness, some helplessness, that you know that this, there's not really much that we can do about this. Um, it seems like things are beginning to change now, 
but mm. all along it's it's been it's been almost certain that we can make noise we can we can we can do whatever we do today but tomorrow it's going to be another person it's going to be another story it's going to be another protest uh but nothing is going to change so i'm i'm glad that things are beginning to change um i'm glad that um this protest has shown the light on what's going on in america not just not just in america but here in britain all around the world people are beginning to make noise uh, black lives matter and yeah. that may be something that will change the world for us yeah are there how how do you think we might helpfully be able to respond to frustrations both within ourselves and in institutions in culture and society that that we're part of do you think there's ways we can do that yeah um i think one of the things that that needs to be said over and over again is that what we're seeing now is a result of 600 years of creating this this world order uh and so yeah we have been civilized into into this that one race is higher than another race mm-hmm. um and and so as as christian communities we need to be aware of this it may not be that visible that clear but we need to always remember that this is the world that we've been civilized into uh and it's not the, the the impact of this even in africa today is 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 quite strong that um africans i mean it, as far back as my village in in malawi would mm-hmm. still think that western european or white is always better right than than african that that anything anything that is white that has a white name attached to it is going to be better and 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 more preferable than anything that looks african right and so there is that and and that ideology needs to be critiqued quite quite yeah. heavily yeah but uh in in our in our christian communities one of the issues that concerns me is that we because we do not really think about diversity as 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 we should yeah we 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 continue to live that story that um as as um, as a white british congregation we can do this without without engaging our neighbors who look different from us Mm-hmm. and and the same for african congregations in the uk they 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 will do better if they don't spend energy trying to work with the white church nearby mm-hmm. but i i think it's it's critical that we begin to do that intentionally mm-hmm. that we begin to look for critical dialogue with people that are different from us on the one hand uh it helps us understand god better we we know god better when we engage people who think and and speak about god in different languages from yeah. us but but also it's it's just it's the body of christ 
yeah. that uh, this body, which Ephesians 4 says, uh, the head is Christ, but it's joined together by that which every joint supplies. Verse 16 yeah. of Ephesians 4. So it's the, the, the creating space for every joint to supply and every joint to receive, right? Yeah, that yeah. this body is kept yeah. together, right? And so um, the black parts of the body and the white parts of the body and the yellow parts of the body, they all need one another uh, to make the body function. Uh, and so the, the question is, can, can we be intentional about engaging others who are different from us mm -hmm. uh, because that's how the body will work yeah do you we don't want this just to be a moment we want uh, as a church to change this feels like a once in a generation opportunity to press reset and i i realize that the riots and the protests may die down slightly the news reports will move on but how do we make meaningful change and keep the conversation moving from outrage to action sure. what would be some of the things we might be able to do i mean let's be intentional about um creating dialogue with people who are different from us right mm. and 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 commit to doing it up until it changes us yeah uh, so it's not just a one-time conversation. That this going on, how do we deal with this? But really, how do we journey together, mm -hmm. right? Um, when, when I planted the church in the U.S., one of the things that bothered me was the um, the fact that in our in our theology, in our ecclesiology, one of the things that um, that I saw that really worried me when I started to plant the church in in, in Minnesota was that as a movement, we, we, we are still shaped by the homogeneous unit principle. Yeah. That, that really says, go find people who look like you. Yeah. And start a church for them. Create, find this niche. That's the yeah. word that we use. Find a niche and shape a church for them. Uh, and uh, I, I do push back a little and, and really wonder where, whether in this day and age we should be talking about a heterogeneous unit principle intentionally mm -hmm. that we're not sending people who are not going in teams with people who don't look like them yeah uh and 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 in doing so we are sort of making it visible to everybody that we are committed to this right but we are also um helping them learn from one another. Realize that things will make better sense if they engage others who don't look like them. Yeah. Right. And yeah. so, I, I mean, I would call for that commitment that it, I mean, it's gonna be a time before it really gets there. But just thinking, when we plant churches, uh, I'll, can we, right from the beginning, engage with diverse teams of, of, of church planters? Uh, and, and that becomes something that we can commit to doing as, as we go forward. Um, yeah, what? Go ahead. Uh, yeah, are there things you can help us with that, Harvey? Uh, the area that we meet in when we do meet physically on a Sunday, 
uh, Ardwick and Longsight has a resident population which is at least 70% uh, Black, Asian and minority ethnic. And we long to embrace our neighbours, whatever their background or skin colour. And how, how would you advise us? How can we become more, more multicultural? What would, what would that look like for us to take steps towards that more than we already are? yeah um let's 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 acknowledge the fact that um the church is planted mostly by a group of white british people who have come into the area yeah and and from there then we can we can now begin to look around and say okay this is this is the reality this is who we are mm. but how do we diversify this this thing <laughs> Uh, especially from the, the the people who are visible leaders of 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 the church group as well as of the community, yeah. How how do we build bridges between between this church and the people around us? Um, find find their key leaders, find their gatekeepers, find their um, what looks as cause the, the the man of peace. Right, mm-hmm. find the people of peace in the society. Try and build bridges with them, um, and and open up space, both at church and in other places where you can, you can get to meet them, get to talk with them, get to know one another with them. It it, it has to be relational at the end of the day. Yeah, that you have to take steps to to build solid relationships with the people around you and and it and this cannot be it it cannot be done by accident it yeah. requires a commitment it requires that you commit to doing this um who are the people around us that mm. that that we need to be in 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 a partnership with get to know them they get to know you and God will do the rest. Yeah, no, it's good. It's really good. I know we've talked about some of those things before, and I think it's helpful for us as a wider church to engage with it. Anywhere we see, um, we can see injustice and lives lost and futures stolen and hope and undone. How, How can we not become weary in doing good and hope for a different future. What are some of the things you think would, you know, as we project longer term that we could be considering? Yes. Um, One, one key thing to realize is, is that as our white British friends, you, you hold the key somewhat. To, to 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 resolving some of these issues um, i mean we can we can go back to to the book of acts when paul shows up uh in jerusalem he 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 is poor he has all this history with him but somebody has to open the door for him mm-hmm. so that that becomes barnabas who opens the door for him um and and then we 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 learn that he is sent back to Tarsus to, to his home. And Barnabas follows him 10 years later, brings him back into the conversation. And, and that helps change their story. So mm-hmm. 
yeah, uh, a commitment from our white British friends to saying we we we're not doing this without our black friends. Yeah. Um, and and that includes raising voices on behalf of, because mm. as I said, this this is six hundred years in the making. Yeah. Right. That that you will have you will have platforms that I cannot have, especially mm. when it comes to white British population. They will listen to you more than they can listen to me. Mm. And so how do we how do we then work together to 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 make platforms for one another? Yeah. Um on the grand scheme of things, it may look like it's it's impossible and it's not worth the trouble, but uh, it is necessary that we do this. We we have we have to keep pushing against injustices. Um, it's, it's been yeah. said that justice is what love looks like in in real life. Yeah, and so loving loving our neighbors is really pushing for justice on mm. their behalf, and. And and that's really what 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 Christ calls us to do. Right? Yeah. That, yeah, yeah. Uh, when he steps out in 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 Luke four and says, "I'm I'm here to set the captives free." Yeah. Right. I'm yeah. here to 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 heal the broken hearted. He is he is raising the standard for us. That yeah. We can't just look on injustice and 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 let it go. It's it's part of our Christian calling to. Actually, I speak out against injustices. Yeah, and, and so we keep doing that. There is, there is, there is no stopping. Wherever there is injustice, we are called to call it out. Yeah, I, I and I, I want to say really, Harvey, we're in. I like. Um, I, I hope we have been. I hope we will be. I think this is a there's a powerful moment that's happening now, and I think it's an important reset moment where we double our efforts and and uh align our hearts afresh to what we value and what we believe and for us all to have a moment of reflection and say hold on um but everything you've said i just say yes and amen and and actually more so i steph and i for the last couple of weeks just such heavy hearts i you know, we, we repent of what has been and the frailties and the, 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 the sin of what has been. And we say this, we pray is a new day and you want to see a reflection of heaven on earth and a, a breakthrough of justice, really. What, um, can I ask you, what, what would you say to us listening and watching today, do you have any further reflections that you, you wanted to share aside from some of what I've asked? That... Uh, I, I mean, just, just to say that racism is a big issue. Mm. It's a, it's, and it's a sin. Yeah. Um, and it is part of our current world order. Yeah. And so, whatever we can do to tear it down, let's do it. Amen. Um, and let's embody a, a, a multicultural Christian community that God wants us to be. Yeah. The 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 calling 
that Christ gives to us and says, go to all nations and, and mm-hmm. make disciples uh, is, is really an invitation that we should expect to make the body um, include people from other cultures and people from different races together. Uh, and, and the church is not complete really up until we are all together as one body of Christ. And racism yeah. is one of the biggest things that stand in the way of that. Yeah. So whatever we can do to, to, to show the world <laughs> that, yeah. That, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that we are one, right? Yeah. That we, we stand together as followers of Christ regardless of, of our skin color, regardless of our accents, regardless yeah. of where we are from, but as long as we are one in Christ. And that's where the power comes in. I think unity has a spiritual power that comes with it. And yeah. so it's, it's unity in the face of all this racism that will um, begin to change the world. Yeah. So absolutely. if we can, um, at every opportunity, embrace others of different races just to show the world that christ makes this possible yeah in him there's neither greek nor jew mm-hmm. neither male nor female nor free nor slave he makes us all one new humanity mm-hmm. and so if we can take this up and make it a commitment that we will show the world that we are one new community one new humanity mm-hmm. and and that's only possible if we fight against racism, really. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, let's let's keep doing this. Um, we yeah. have hope in Christ. Uh, Absolutely. I just possible. thank you for your your openness and your honesty. I I can't wait to be back together in person and you know continue this this conversation. I wonder just one more thing, Harvey. Um, sure. You were saying earlier that you, your latest book is predominantly written really to help the church and i think it feels a crucial resource for this time can you can you just share a little bit about the book just so the the wider church understand what what that's about so so the book is called matakachua kingdom uh and and i start with a little story with with, uh, about a conversation that i have with my mother Mm-hmm. Um, where at first she's saying, what do you mean a multicultural kingdom? A kingdom cannot have many cultures. And then she turns around and realizes that actually, no, it's possible for a kingdom to have many cultures. Uh, the United Kingdom is a good example. Mm-hmm. But then she, she, she sits back and then realizes that even in the congregation that she leads in southern Malawi, that she has led for 30 years, Mm. That congregation is only possible because it embraces many cultures, right? And as she comes back to me and says, we are, as a body of Christians, we are the only place where these cultures can work together. Uh, and, and, and then says, that's, that's the kingdom. The kingdom is only possible if all these cultures work together. It's like a mosaic. So I, I, I build on that to, to explore um, the, the growth of Christianity in the world. As I said, it's, that growth really means that people from different tongues, different tribes, different nations belong to the body. Uh, and then 
those Christians from other parts of the world find themselves in Britain? Mm. And, and how do we respond? Uh, how do we respond to Iranian Christians and Malawian Christians and Brazilian Christians being in our cities? The call yeah. is, let's, let's be a multicultural kingdom. Let's work together to show forth this, this kingdom that God has built in, in bringing us together. So uh, it's, it's basically an argument for a multicultural way of doing church. Mm-hmm. How do churches um, really live out the story of having people of different cultures among them and, and worshiping together uh, as, as, we, as we see the image that John paints in Revelation, right? The multitudes just mm. before the throne of different nations, different races, different, different everything, but they're worshiping together. So it's an argument mm. about why we should, we should embrace multicultural uh, churches and how we should do them. And that's what I do in the book. So, so helpful. Yeah. Well, Harvey, thank you for your time. Thank you for just starting this conversation for us. I wonder, would you be happy just to pray for us in this moment, in this time, just pray over us as a church? Is that okay? Sure. Thank you. God, we are so thankful that you are our God uh, and you are God of all the nations. Mm. that you are God of all peoples or the ethne of, of this world that through the death of your son Jesus Christ you've created for us a new humanity in which there is neither Greek nor Jew male nor female neither, neither slave nor free that we are all one new humanity in you and thank you for calling us to live out that humanity I, I, I lift up both the vineyard movement and, and, and my friends at Manchester Vineyard, mm. God, that you will show us the ways in which we can live out this calling. Yes, God. And that you will bring among us people of different cultural heritages, of different skin colors, with whom, God, we can, we can stand in love and show the world that this is possible, that in Christ we can belong together. I pray that you will open doors uh, for, for, for our churches, for Manchester Vineyard in its, in its immediate locality, where uh, to, to be faithful really is to engage with the other who looks different. And God, I pray that you will bring forth people of peace in that community that will embrace and work with Manchester Vineyard to be able to represent you in love in that community. That through Manchester Vineyard God, you will be able to divinely embrace this community. That you will be represented and you will be shown forth uh, in this area, God, uh, in ways that make sense to the people that surround the church. I pray that you build bridges between the church and the community. I pray that you make connections possible between the church and the community. C- connections, God, that will make it possible for the church to embrace the multicultural calling that you have for it. Mm. 
I pray mm. for the movement, not just here in the UK, but I pray for the movement worldwide. God, bring us people of different cultures, different races, so that we can enjoy just a bit of uh, that worship that we will have when we stand before the throne at the end of time. We we want we want to we want to have a taste of what uh, worship looks like in the Philippines and in South Africa and in Argentina and we want to have a taste of that here and now and God I pray that you would make it possible for the movement mm. to enjoy that. Thank you thank you for this time that you've made possible for us to have this conversation. I pray that you will continue to strengthen us for your work, even as we speak against injustices in this world. Amen. 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 Harvey, thank you. Thank, thank you. you so much. There is so much for us to learn and consider. We had planned to have Harvey come and speak to us at Manchester Vineyard before all this virus stuff kicked off, but we'll be sure to pick it up when we're on the other side. His thoughts and insights have been so helpful to us and we really hope they are to you too. This week I read this. We begin by allowing the spirit to uproot evil in our own hearts. Then hatred, racism and injustice must be met with love, listening, learning and repentance. And we absolutely pray that will be the case and that the future will be very different. We are presented with a significant moment of repentance and change, and we must step into it. It's not enough just to say we're not racist. We need to be moved, moved to our very core, and then we need to act and speak up. We hope you have a wonderful week, and we'll see you. Thanks for listening. To find out more, head to manchestervineyard.org or follow the link in the podcast description. Mm-hmm.